0: Are you okay now? That's a big question. Well, we've, we both have the answer to that is no. <laughs> is that the. I don't hear echo now. I feel okay.
1: I'm, you know, I think uh, the carpet's eating some of it. That's We've heard the response from the community.
0: We sure have. They are not happy, and I agree with them. I am driven crazy myself by listening to this podcast. Uh,
1: I do think it's very funny, though, that they got to hear our musical chairs. <laughs> <laughs> sad <laughs> uh i've now given andy a better microphone than i have so
0: maybe that was the problem folks Maybe uh, he was well no we were using trying the, to keep me impressed very
1: similar microphones uh-huh. and we switched microphones throughout i mean right there was a lot of we, were, we tried, tried a lot of <laughs> we troubleshot every
0: i think i'm a little loud
1: Oh, okay. It's about time. <laughs> some, some, Finally, he's a... Uh, oh, that's me. I'm going to take you and do that. Okay. Uh, testing. Better?
0: Testing. A little bit. little bit. Is split difference.
1: Split the diff. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to split the go. diff. Okay. There we go. I that's split the diff. Good. That's perfect. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Just that's make sure I'm louder be. than you now. No, no, <laughs> no. Now you are like you're a you're a god, and I'm just... <laughs> Uh,
0: Someone did suggest to me Maybe try a headset mic Stephen Raines, our friend, did And I thought, uh, that would be fun Because uh, then I could pretend I'm a Borg Which is what kind of you said Perhaps was the problem last well, week anyway <laughs> That I was secretly a Borg Secundus of Borg It's not a secret. Is that what it is? Is that his name? In the, in the thing? His name
1: is Locutus of Borg, yeah uh, He but i don't you don't you'd get a whole new name andy you'd, oh. you'd be like named i don't know
0: Wait, why can't i be secundus
1: like it's not like he's lucutus because they read john luc <laughs> yeah, and regardless. they were like lucutus john john lucutus i think you
0: justified it more than uh, <laughs> than i did <laughs> i
1: justified it more than michael pillar did
0: did he write that up? he sure did um and then uh, uh we haven't opened uh <laughs> We haven't. Are we? We recording? We're in the show now. We're in the show. We've been in the show.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, everybody, but we've been in the show.
0: All right. Um, Derek Boynton had said, uh, "Is Andy going to do every podcast from inside of Jeffrey's tube?" Which I thought was funny. Very funny.
1: I saw that. I probably hearted it too.
0: You probably did. Um, I don't know. You talk. Okay. Sound effects and stuff. (laughs)
1: Well, first of all. Thank you for bearing with us through all of Andy's problems. Um, (laughs) I appreciate it. Nope, it's mostly Andy's. uh, His voice doesn't work.
0: We'll have to do a poll.
1: (laughs) We've left his. um, Let's just call it a bare kitchen. We've left it. We are now in a carpeted office, Mm -hmm. and I gotta say, already sounds better.
0: It does sound better. It was the kitchen.
1: Okay, you can blame the kitchen, but that's where I prepare
0: my culinary delights. It's you know you can't do a podcast. Oh, your
1: pita bread on the floor. (laughs) That's where you receive your culinary delights from Postmates.
0: It fell out while I was preparing a very lavish Mediterranean meal,
1: (laughs) Um, using only a plastic bag and probably a styrofoam container.
0: Um, Well, you know a, a, a true chef. Can uh, can work with whatever tools are at hand.
1: Now we don't know for sure, but this office might be a punishment zone. Now we're not told. Andy's law works a lot like oh, the no, previous week. <laughs> into this glass case <laughs> oh,
0: with no. collectibles. Get out! You can't go in there. <laughs> I've broken a bunch of sci-fi collectibles. <laughs> you can't. Don't touch the Rod Sterling action figure. <laughs> Rod Sterling. Ha ha! You said Rod Sterling. I said Rod Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> Send your tweets to at Matt Myra, <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Yeah, you don't. Um, hey, uh, Matt. Yes, sir. Oh, we didn't plug me in. No, you're plugged in. Oh no, no you're not. Computer. I heard that. I heard
1: that pretty well, though. You heard it, sure. I think the audience heard it too. I think. Ugh,
0: I really thought for a moment. <laughs> and we had nailed it, and we, we were, were like so set up and were ready about to go. To be a legitimate, I can't deal <laughs> with Embarrassing podcast.
1: I don't love our fumbling into the beginning of episodes that there's constantly a, happens.
0: There's a split vote,
1: and but, I could very well edit this stuff out, but that's out of my laziness that you're hearing this.
0: I know that. You know, I uh, I got some advice from uh, from. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't even bring this up now. But I got some advice from from uh, Kevin Porter, a uh-huh. friend from. Yep. Uh, Yep, KT. Yeah, because you would you would commented on how well their their show is produced, which it is. Yeah, um, and uh, he gave me various suggestions, which I have not applied.
1: <laughs> Where did you run into him?
0: I didn't run into him. I tweeted at.
1: Him. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: could tell. I could tell just as Stop in any interaction with Kevin. just as in any interaction with a girl. I could tell the moment that I had stopped being entertaining to him, and he was like, uh, "Maybe try this."
1: It uh, <laughs> was pretty great,
0: nonetheless. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed.
1: Hailing frequencies are open.
0: Hailing frequencies are open. Um, the first one is from uh, Alyssa L. Mm-hmm. Um, Alyssa Lukeman And she says hey guys Love the podcast so much uh, My fiance and I came across it During a road trip You guys are perfect company We went to the Star Trek convention in Burlingame uh, Bay, Area, Bay Area represent Back in December Where my then boyfriend Almost did uh, a public proposal during, during Jonathan Frakes And Brent Spiner's Q&A Thankfully he didn't he was too nervous But my <coughs> engagement ring is rose gold With pink quartz do you know why it's pink quartz, Matt? Yeah,
1: uh, that's what colored dilithium is.
0: That's exactly right. The level of thoughtfulness and nerdiness confirmed that I had indeed chosen the right person to spend the rest of my life with. Anyway, cannot wait until Andy begins discovering the later seasons. I'm hoping to see a plotted graph detailing <laughs> how the average amount of Andys went up uh, as the seasons progressed. Mm. Thanks so much, guys.
1: Well, I mean, Andy, it's not like it's not like a walk on risa the later seasons. It's not like they're all, you know wonderful episodes
0: Do you mean like a walkthrough left Laian <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, I it's
1: it's a um, you know even in later seasons there's gonna be some two Andys, some three Andies I love mm-hmm. how Andy decided I'm not for the listener at home when you hear some 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 clanging uh it's because andy chose to use the loudest <laughs> straw in the history of I, straws I, as it as is <laughs> stainless steel in a coffee mug <laughs> like like the podcast amateur I, I am
0: i thought well i'm drinking iced coffee i should drink it from this steel straw <laughs> <laughs> I also put my steel water uh, thermos on uh, the steel drawer
1: that... <laughs> The only like way this would be funnier is if you kept your coffee on a drum set <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, I got some to learn, that's all That's okay um, Hi Matt and Andy, I can't believe you didn't mention Wesley This is from Justice, the last yes, episode Yes, sure And this is from Sarah Billingsley Can't believe you didn't mention Wesley Crusher's strange, chunky, poo-colored future sweater, which was so awkward and out of place on this obviously Southern California loveboat-themed planet. After all that running around everywhere in a wool sweater on a 90-degree day, maybe Wesley was suffering from temporary heat stroke, which caused him to tumble into...
1: Yeah, but I don't know if they take that as a defense.
0: Because it was in a punishment zone. No, it's very clear. It seems like you're dead. You're dead. Dead. That's it. With the tiny little... Little uh, little syringe. I don't think we mentioned around.
1: that sweater because I feel like uh, the, living in Los Angeles, you know, it's sweater weather currently. And, you We've know, I've it. recently driven through Silver Lake and I've seen that sweater on people.
0: I will say um, this episode, which we're about to... Oh, do you want to... Again?
1: No, go oh, ahead. Okay, Ask yes. me a question.
0: What Do you want to say now whether they should watch The Battle, which is the episode we're about to discuss?
1: I would say yes, only because you get a bit of picard backstory okay and it's worth it canonically uh-huh you, you know you hear about the picard maneuver etc etc that's
0: nice let me just uh double check i sound okay to you now <laughs> you sound fine okay good <laughs> um uh, the the other thing i was going to comment about sarah's letter was that uh this episode the battle yeah. is the first one if i'm not mistaken that wesley is wearing sort of his
1: the, his acting ends in Wesley uniform.
0: Oh, is that what that is? I wondered because that's you know is as little as I know the show. That's the one that I imagine him in, right. the, in an action figure wearing. Yeah,
1: it's not till season three where he gets a real uniform. Gotcha. Um, but so, in regards to that uniform, uh-huh. you know our good old buddy John.
0: All right, here we go. Who
1: loves to write in about uniforms? Please shop at a Novos. um
0: Where they are not they are not sponsoring us. Up, helping me. I
1: know, but I have... <laughs> okay, so he reports that...
0: Are you getting some swag on the side? No. Uh, swag. Swag?
1: The title of this week's episode has to be a metaphor for getting through this season. The battle. <laughs> <laughs> In which Will gets his first acting ensign uniform. Oh, and Picard gets a headache from his old ship. <laughs> 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 the original season one... <laughs> Acting ensign uniform is actually a provisional uniform that Wesley presumably replicated up for himself. At the point Picard made Wes an acting ensign, uh, Wes was to study and become familiar with all the ship's systems. Uh, and thus, the reason for why this tunic is displayed uh is Starfleet's three primary division colors. Command, Operations, and Sciences. There you go. Interesting. He'll get a better looking and significantly more comfortable provisional uniform in season two. Nice. They made hoodies of it. You know, that that uniform? Oh, yeah? And he sent me a pic of Will wearing the hoodie.
0: That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the uh, our our Instagram up and running. I'll tell you what I do. Oh, I can't wait. And so we'll put that picture up there. Great. If, if that's okay with uh, Mr. Wheaton.
1: Oh, well, I'll, I'll hit him up
0: um what's your friend's name from bonobos john 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 you know uh if you're giving any uh swag to uh i have not i don't have any right. swag you know it's only fair i don't have any <laughs> swag
1: i have not gotten any swag you can send it. although to me. i do actively swing by the Innovos booth every comic con uh-huh. it's a fucking great booth All right, cool. i was promised a start uh, uh, a wrath of Khan admirals uniform that Ugh. i have that i have yet to receive. Which is good because I probably would be too fat for it right now. So
0: I would love one of those. I'd have
1: to. I wonder if John could if research and find out. Uh, you know, because he's into costuming. Sure. Uh, what girdle William Shatner wore, and I'll get back. <laughs> Was it Starfleet regulation? It's <laughs> a great question. So if you're ever at Comic Con in San Diego, Andy, swing by the Inovos booth. Tell them you know Matt Myra. And maybe they'll let you take a picture with a uniform. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could probably just grab a selfie real quick without asking. Anybody I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I need you to name drop you. Um. So, uh, the, next letter. What's the next letter? Well, was I, to, letter. I was going into the yeah, but I was going into the the, the description of the Riker Kirk thing. Did you want me to? Oh, work? she ps that right. Yes. So, okay. Uh, also, she's, who is a bigger... She's wondering who. She says, who is a bigger man-ho, Captain Kirk or Commander Riker? They're both pretty bad. I'm mm. torn. Um, and this was uh, uh, this was not in response to, but weirdly parallel to, my tweet. Who can get it? Uh, Riker versus Kirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first thought from Ashley Brown... Um, a lot of a lot of passionate responses to that to that tweet. Sure, Matt. And uh, the first the first response was um, that Picard is the first option or any option at all is a travesty. Which I responded, well, Picard's. I, my take was Picard's kind of a different type. So if you're going to be into him, then I just didn't want to split the vote. I wanted to know Riker versus Kirk, who are similar. So types. Who's, a, who's a similar type to Picard in the original series? Oh, interesting question. But I will say Ashley Brown's uh, follow up to that is fair enough. In the who would you settle down within the French countryside, let's agree that Picard is a no-brainer, which I thought was funny. Um, In the original series, hmm, uh, McCoy? There's no proxy, I don't think. I don't think there is. McCoy, it would probably be Spock, really, but it would be Spock versus Data. Right, that's the real. Right. And then Riker
1: and Kirk and McCoy and Dr. Polanski. Pulaski.
0: Well, no one's gonna. What, why not McCoy versus Crusher? Uh, she has no personality.
1: That's Whoa. sort of the problem with her. Crusher.
0: Yeah. Whoa. That
1: Whereas a, that's a heavy statement to just. I mean, throw she out starts to develop a personality in season three, but. Uh huh. You know. Listen, it's not. I'm not
0: criticizing Gates McFadden, who I think is wonderful. Uh huh. You're saying it's I'm talking in about the writing, about the writing that, uh-huh. for the well, character. I don't know. That's uh. I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely an issue. Uh, they, they do not flesh her out. Well, um, so anyway, the re- the responses were very strong. My uh, my favorite one was from Carl uh, Alden, who said, uh, uh, "As he saw as he saw all the results coming in, all polls that don't say Kirk are fake news." <laughs> True. Um, and I'll just skip to skip ahead. Uh, Riker won handily with sixty two percent, beating. Kirk's 38%, wow. which shocked me. I kind of as a as an original series booster, it didn't even occur to me that this was a fair a fair face off and um you know, Riker just beat the pants off him so to speak. Uh Wyoming Hippie said uh, these results are bananas. Um and then the uh the 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 uh, positive Riker uh, responses Matthias uh, said, "Riker. Kirk was a little pushy. Riker was a casual lothario, but still stood up for powerful women. Um, so, okay. Brandon Davis uh, proposed. I clicked Kirk, but then thought, given the difference in our society, maybe Riker um, is more attractive now, which I thought was interesting. Like maybe. Kirk is more of an old school." Kind of man's man. And An Riker's, old Hollywood Lothario. Right. Kind of maybe a little too masculine for the uh, for the modern day tastes. <laughs> too masculine. <laughs> well, let's say aggressive. A little too aggressive. Sure. Uh, whereas whereas uh, Riker's a little bit... I would think R- Riker's a little bit... Sleazy, you know, I think though, this is no? a
1: question for the ages that we aren't going to answer we here. We
0: need a female guest.
1: Sure. That's the kind of perspective we don't bring here on... <laughs> Star Trek, the next conversation.
0: Let me ask you this.
1: Yes, I would fuck Riker.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Done. I had a more nuanced question, which Sure, is, who would you want as your wingman? But, uh, well, but, uh, I figured I'd answer it for you. I will say, Riker would definitely make a better wingman. I think he would look out for you, whereas Kirk would just go in and, yeah. and he'd be on his own. <laughs> if, 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 if James Tiberius wants it, James Tiberius gets it. Okay, here's a last letter. Oh, man, I'm so bad at my job. Justice is a uh, – this is from Daniel Hitch. Justice is a tough episode. Although speaking as a failed philosopher, not without the potential to ignite a great debate or two with intellectual types about cultural subjectivism and diplomatic respect. Diplomatic immunity. That- <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2. Thank you. That being said, it's an episode designed to – one of the dumbest moments in Lethal Weapon 2 to digress for a moment. He just I think he just killed somebody and he's holding up a, a thing saying diplomatic immunity. It's such bad writing. I think it's great. All right, was well, that yeah. Shane Black too? No, he's no. the first one. Think so? Interesting question. I apologize, Shane Black, if that was you. Um, I know, I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm not having a crazy Coke-filled party somewhere in Hollywood in the afternoon. Um, oh, by the way, invite me. Uh, that being said, uh, it's an episode designed to get some tits and ass into Star Trek, so win some, lose some. So I disagree with Daniel on this. I don't think it's uh, it's worthy of igniting a great debate because I think the episode takes no position. And the Edo Lord, who sets up these rules, their perspective is completely unclear. So... I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit... And this was a problem I think I see with a lot of uh, the early episodes. Lethal Weapon 2, he wrote the story. Shane Black. Yeah. Right. Well, you can't really hold him responsible then. Who knows? Who knows how many... If if somebody wrote the story, that means there were a lot of changes in between when they were involved and when uh, it went to the screen. But... uh, Nonetheless, my point is I feel like many of these early episodes were, were are almost like a teenager that loves Star Trek but doesn't know how to write yet is like, hey, in all the original episodes, they had important moral stuff that they were dealing with. So I'll have some moral stuff that they're dealing with, but they're not really working it out. Like what – These episodes are about...
1: Well, I think they spent... You know, as we said last week, I think Justice sort of uh, suffered uh, with some bloated early acts and didn't really give time to finishing the story in a nuanced way.
0: Fair enough. Um, I wondered if you had an answer to this one from Mm. Andy Wardinsky, which was a tweet. Why does Geordi beam down there, beam down with Picard at the end of the episode? He has no lines, no reason to be there. Great question. Great question. I don't and, know. Um I think that should close out
1: the uh That's that's it for our handling frequencies. You should close them. Do I have a thing for
0: that? You can. Panties. So uh don't listen to that. Cut that one. cut that out. <laughs> Why? It's It it's, was a tease. It's for later. It's a tease.
1: Uh, no so one heard good. anything except for uh, what I heard was Jean-Luc Picard saying panties. No, I don't know if that's what I heard. I really think you should cut it out. Why? All right. <laughs> No one knows what it's for or when it's going to be. It's a t. It's keeping them listening. All
0: right, I'm telling you,
1: they can't wait. Okay, man, that's what you get when Andy gets to control his own sounds. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to get better at this eventually. I know he won't. I guarantee you, he will not get better at.
0: It <laughs> I will get sort of better. <laughs> I'll get a little better. All right. Or we'll get an engineer. Mm. Why do you resist us getting someone to help us? man? Uh, you know you don't want to do the things i don't want to do the things no one wants to do the things that's the problem uh so we're ready right we're ready we're gonna jump right into it guys Ooh, we should have a theme song for jumping right into it i mean not jumping right into it we would come up with uh i mean like a let's tackle the episode theme song
1: (laughs) if we had some sort of uh phrase or something from star trek that meant let's get into it (laughs) like uh uh, hey let's do this now you know maybe like uh i don't know if i could just figure it out what it would be
2: let's see what's out there engage (laughs) (laughs)
1: there we go guys
0: (laughs) You vamp like no one in the business, pal. <laughs> I
1: try to waste time so I can do the thing I wanted to do. <laughs> Guys, we're talking see, about he's the got battle. his feet up for that. He's I looking am so cool. Just I mean so he has a to be podcast here.
0: professional.
1: Guys, this is episode uh production number one ten. This aired November sixteenth, nineteen hundred and eighty seven. Stardate was four one seven two three point nine, directed by Rob Bowman. I feel like we didn't give any credits last time, and I'm going to start giving credits. We
0: don't We don't give credits. Herbert Wright did the teleplay <laughs> with a story by Larry Forrester. I mean, it is interesting. This is the first episode, and I think it's actually telling, mm-hmm. that I even looked at who the writers were. Um, I mean, I maybe Out looked at... Out of it, hate? Uh, dec- no. You, I know that he, he Matt had texted me that he also thought this episode was not great. Yeah. And uh right I remembered it being better. Right off the top, this well maybe your expectations were higher yeah. because obviously you gotta remember where I'm coming from. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it looks like someone snatched a bunch of scripts the in the middle of the night that the writers were clearly like halfway through and started shooting episodes. That's what the show feels <laughs> like to me. Sure. So, far. <laughs> so this episode at least was coherent, the tension uh maintained, and I feel like you know, each of the act breaks was at least like, oh, okay, that's an act break. <laughs> that's like, sure. oh, I wonder what's going to happen yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. So I actually was uh, was happy with it so far. Well, here is your
1: quick synopsis of the uh, episode from the Star Trek: The Next Generation companion revised edition.
0: Oh, did you ever say what when we, whether we should watch this? You uh, we
1: uh, talked. I about did it. because I and you said yes. I said it, it's worth it just to get some backstory on Picard. Right. That was it. Um. While waiting to while, <laughs> while waiting to meet the Ferengi, Picard is amazed when his old ship, the Stargazer, turns up. But the unusual headache he's having increases when Damon Bach of the Ferengi welcomes him as the hero of the Battle of Maxia. By the way. Yes. Better title for this episode The huh. Battle of Maxia. It's true. Uh the incident in which Picard had to abandon the Stargazer after it was mysteriously attacked. To his own crew's amazement, Bach presents the derelict ship to Picard as a gift, most unmercenary for a Ferengi. But there's a method to his madness, in his madness, rather. At Maxia, Bach's son was the other captain who was killed after attacking the Stargazer. Bach has forged log tapes on Stargazer showing Picard firing first. As Riker, Data, and LaForge work to clear the captain, Wesley finds that energy waves from the old ship match Picard's brain scan. He also stumbled onto the other part of Box Trap, a mind-control device planted among Picard's belongings. (laughs) Aboard his old ship, Picard is reliving the Battle of Maxia and is about to use the acclaimed Picard maneuver, but with the Enterprise... Cast as the enemy ship, Data devises a defense tactic, and Riker breaks through to Picard, who destroys the device. Before leaving, they see Bach removed from command for insanity, demonstrated by his giving away of the Stargazer. There, there
0: you, you go. go. What jinx! We oh are my so yes. good at, Admiral at Starfleet podcasting. <laughs> uniform.
1: So let's uh, let's hear good old. Jean Luc Picard's Captain's Log Entry.
2: Captain's Log, Stardate 41723.9. In response to a Starfleet order, we are in the Zendi Sabu star system, having rendezvoused with a Ferengi vessel which has requested a meeting. Although we arrived here and made appropriate signals to the Ferengi three days ago, they have so far responded only with the message Stand by, Enterprise.
1: I think that it's weird that the following happens. As we listen to Picard's um, Captain's Log.
2: Captain's log, star Exterior. The ship's outside. Yeah. In it's very loud. To a order, we there are is the no Zin- sound in space. System. Once
0: Having we go inside, vessel, ooh, nice and quiet. Interesting. I mean, I get
2: that the
1: ship has engines, but we're only Wait, supposed to hear that inside. But
0: is that not a consistent thing? Oh, we only hear that inside fascinating it it is a
1: consistent thing we should only hear we it's a they do this throughout star trek it's a problem for me just as a fan of space and noise and stuff like that what i'm saying is when we have an exterior shot of the enterprise flowing by it should be silent
0: now in my mind's eye so tell me whether this is accurate yeah we only hear that sound we don't hear that sound maybe we hear it distantly in on the bridge but we hear it more like when we're in 10 forward or one of the like Areas that are that are toward the edge of the well, the bridge has its own sort of sound to Mm. it. But the
1: but I'm just I'm just making a half-hearted science joke that the is it a joke uh, or (laughs) a science uh, observation? Definitely nothing funny. uh, Science observation. All right. That the sound should not.
0: Anyway, don't worry about it, Andy. But you're saying they usually have no sound. I'm saying they shouldn't. They should. It's just something that you've noticed from Star
1: Trek. Fair enough. And it, that you shouldn't hear anything because there is no sound in space.
0: I hear you. That's my thought. I, I think that's my on thought. space sounds. But you know that's that's probably true of all. I'm trying to think. Other than the things like um, what was the uh, the Nolan one Interstellar. Yeah. Um, other than things like that, we're like we're trying to be authentic every space movie has sound effects and lasers and explosion sounds and right that's correct right it'd be interesting to do one where it's just dead silence
1: i mean what's the most accurate science fiction thing 2001 yeah yes that's what i'll say i agree with you 2001 is it um so what do you think? What, do you, what, 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 what are you coming in at on this?
0: Well, uh, just since you're addressing the the initial, uh, uh, well, this is kind of further down the line. Uh, all right. Well, my next thing is uh, at eight thirty, and uh, I'm not set up for it. Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> hang on, I got it. I got it. What was that? That was that was that was later in the show. Here we go. Okay. So the. Uh, uh, I like your oh, as-we-go recaps. Do you want to say what's happening uh, when the uh, Ferengi come on? or What do you mean? It doesn't matter.
1: Oh, me capping what's happened so far in the episode?
0: Yeah, that's my next thing.
1: Oh, sure. Well, uh, the Ferengi, uh, they're waiting on the Ferengi, so, you know, silently waiting. They have nothing to do. They're bored. They need, like, you know, to figure out what, what are the Ferengi doing last time we encountered them. They were jumping around like excited hamsters. What are they going to be like this time? Uh, So they're waiting to be hailed. And uh, they are hailed and told by Damon Bach that they would either be welcome on their ship or we would be happy to go to your ship. And the Enterprise is told, or rather, the Frangier told, why don't you come on board here?
0: Much to uh, Worf's chagrin. And then... uh... And then they come on the ship, in the, um, and they're definitely... Well, we'll just listen to a little.
2: Commander William Riker. Second in command, Data. Consulate Troy. We have heard that you use females. clothed females. Most interesting. They are that, sir. And the android was mentioned, too. What is its price? We should like to purchase it. He is not for sale. Commander Data is, um... Is, um... Is second-hand merchandise, and you wouldn't want it. Second-hand,
3: sir? Oh, of course.
0: A human joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first off, I think the uh, the Frankie have come a long way since their initial appearance. They made a lot of nice adjustments. They're not... (laughs) Hissing, bonkers, oh, they're hissing. They're well, they Listen are... to this,
4: <sighs> excuse me, Captain.
0: <laughs> there, <laughs> but uh, at least they're not doing a weird. But that's a
1: reactionary
0: hiss, it's not like a behavioral hiss, a weird, uh, uh um, crazy, you know, mime like performance of waving arms, <laughs> right. You know, they're cringing a little bit, but uh, they've taken it down and grounded them a little bit more. Um, But the other thing is in this moment, uh, in keeping with our discussion of Riker, um, he says, they are that, sir. And kind (laughs) of looks back at Troy in kind of a lascivious way. Well, I mean, he probably being like... uh...
1: Right. Remember when we we sexed it up together? <laughs> is that what that that <laughs> moment is? I think so. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Has to be, right? Uh, I guess. Um, and then they bring the uh, the um, the stargazer out, which is uh, Picard's old ship. And uh, maybe you can answer this for me. And yeah. I think we're going to get into it a little bit later. Um, uh, is Picard? Picard was the captain of that ship, correct? Nine years ago. Yep. And yet, uh, to skip ahead, mm-hmm. uh, in this scene, let's just listen to the Picard maneuver thing.
2: Their vessel inviting us now to officially take possession of the Stargazer,
4: like before.
0: No, it's their vessel Oops, inviting sorry. us now to officially take possession oh, of the Stargazer, Jesus. like before. I'm really, I'm in an all time. <laughs>
1: this, what, this what is totally is the wrong what is he doing i don't up. know what's happening everyone shut guys. up Andy's giving he's cuz all you people yelling at your in. podcast and we plug in the computer for him yeah, and, we're, and, and, and he's told okay <laughs> you sure you got this this time and he always you says, know what yeah i got it look and i always go you sure you got it
0: look i'm good at a few things finding good places to eat Writing comedy and sex; those are the only things that I'm great at. <laughs> Everything else, I'm patchy with.
1: I have a, I have a issue with <laughs> two of those three things.
0: <laughs> All right, this is this is a scene when Picard is. Uh, by the way, I'm a little bit um, I'm a little bit uh, um, disoriented because I didn't. I was in the mindset of okay, what have, what do I pick apart in this episode? And honestly. I was kind of engaged in this episode. I was enjoying it. And so I kind of had to shift. Like, I think as we go, and I think this has been a question of many listeners, Yeah. what's going to happen when the episodes are good? What is this podcast going to look like? And I, I realized... Can talk about how good they exactly, are. Exactly. But my brain isn't there. So I'm just sort <laughs> of like thinking like, oh, where's the thing that's going to bump me? And there weren't as many things. I can't believe you weren't
1: engaged. I've
0: lost contact, sir.
1: I'm going to play Bye. more engages.
2: Engage. <laughs> Engage. Engage.
1: Engage. That <laughs> yeah, was a little fun for all of us. Um, so, I mean, right, so you, have, you don't have a problem with the shitty writing of, uh, you know, headaches don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, I was going to get to that. You can put it, you can play it if you like. I mean, it's not.
0: No, I mean. It's just that idea. It, it's, it's hit that... a couple of times and it's very annoying. The, there are two things that that drove me a little crazy in the episode and uh, i will get to them but the uh, uh, but let me I just want to hear the picard maneuver scene
2: traveling at warp 2 through the Maxia azeta system and this unidentified starship suddenly appeared and fired on us point blank rage right? where did it come andy, from andy
1: there's a problem must have been lying with your computer I, the in volume you is up only all have, the no, way you have the right you only have a right channel Oh. I gave you a different cable, uh, and hoping that it was the cable, but it is your headphone jack. When was the last time you plugged in headphones
0: into your computer? Mm, on a plane? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when was like, that? Do you think in I the heard 70s? it? Seventies? Could be.
1: Uh, do I think you heard it? Yes. Uh, I think you're 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 only getting left. So anyway, hang on. Try. To no, no, it. I got it. Okay, I'll just play it, and we'll hear it out of both speakers. But what happens when I want to play another thing? See, I make the mono. When, we, when I edit the podcast I dump everything into one channel You're So gonna... it's into both ears So people don't know that you have a, That your computer only plays things out of one speaker So I can still play things But because you made me turn it up And then it was going to sound shittier I decided to shame you publicly <laughs>
2: You're
1: going to um, cut all this right? No uh, oh, And allow this to happen you But are... if you need to hear it in both ears right now I don't uh, I'll play it I don't no care No
2: names, no reason can you identify them, Vigo? Think I'm in a second time with our shields damaged.
1: No, you're Sir, way ahead. Who's I don't you know am? where you, you are, are, are on the, the show. show. I'm in the Vigo section. Oh, oh okay, yeah. I'm sorry. The yes. Vigo the Carpathian. Yes. Sorry, go back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Alright, I'll skip a, a thirty seconds ahead for Andy. <laughs>
2: this second time with our shields damaged.
4: <laughs> Sir, who's Vigo?
2: He's my weapons officer on the Stargazer. I'm getting quite caught up in this. Your shields were failing, sir. Mm Mm-hmm. I, uh, improvised with the enemy vessel coming in for the kill. I ordered a sensor bearing, and when it came into the return arc, you performed what Starfleet textbooks now refer to as the Picard Maneuver. Well, I did what any good helmsman would have done. I dropped into high warp, stopped right off the enemy vessel's bow, fired with everything I had.
3: And blowing into maximum warp speed, you appeared for an instant to be in two places at
2: once. And our attacker fired on the wrong one. I did what any good helmsman would have done. You did it first, sir. Oh, it was a save-our-skins maneuver. We were finished. On fire. We had to abandon ship. We limped through space in shuttlecraft for weeks before we were
0: picked up.
1: By the way, it's so crazy that they had to abandon ship
0: because there was a fire on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a valid point. The other question I had, I have a lot of questions Can here.
1: anyone put this out? No? Okay. Shuttlecraft, everybody.
0: I, I have an extinguisher right here. Now, a future extinguisher. Are you on the fire suppression crew? No. Then no. We're no. getting in shuttlecraft. You're such a union stickler, <laughs> <Right>. Captain. <laughs> if, if word got back to Starfleet Union about <laughs> me letting you put out the fire... <laughs> Um uh as a side note since since we're on that issue, yeah. Can everyone on a this one's a constitution class? Constellation, Constellation class. Constellation class. Which was incidentally a thing that I read was they built the ship for Picard's office, knowing that he had been on a previous ship, the model, mm-hmm. and then they put it in the show, and then uh they had the bridge and they made the bridge different so it wasn't a, a const. Constellation. It wasn't a Constitution class ship, so they made it. They put the ADR Constellation in Jordy's mouth when he said it. Oh, was he originally, ADR being when they was dubbed the Stargazer originally a Constitution class? He says it's a Constitution class ship. Jordy does, and then they dubbed him saying Constellation class because the because the uh, bridge uh, that they finally used was different. Wait, so is that why? See,
1: were they? I'm confused nerdy. now because in the ready room. Yes. In this episode. Uh-huh. In the ready room. Okay. Is a Constitution class starship. The what do you mean? In the ready room there's a model where the stargazer usually sits. Mm-hmm. There is now a model of the Constitution class starship, the USS Enterprise NCC-1701. This ship in this episode. Okay. In his office. All right is a Constitution-class ship. What I'm asking you is with the thing you read, Mm because I have not heard this information. It was just a
0: guy who I passed on the street, and he, no. Okay, so (laughs) my question in regards to that is, Mm -hmm. was
1: the script as written, Mm -hmm. was it written that he had a Constitution-class ship so that we were going to see like the old-school Enterprise-looking vessel, like the Excalibur or the... Uh, Constitution, or the, you know, any of these other Constitution class ships, can... and then in effect, they were, and then after and post, they were like, well, let's make it a different ship
0: entirely. It was originally a Constitution class ship, ah. and then they changed it to a Constellation class ship because they used a different bridge, and they didn't want the sticklers to go, hey, that's not a Constitution class bridge.
1: That I find crazy because the Constitution class, first of all, it's a bridge module, so you can pop in any bridge you want in those things. Mm-hmm. If you're building a starship, you drop in the bridge module, whatever. And that's why the Enterprise A goes through multiple looking bridges in the Star Trek movies. You can just the, the yeah that drops into the ship into the saucer section, the bridge. Weird. It's why a do bridge they build it the it's called? Uh, You know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't work for the Utopia Planitia. I'd right. like to someday. <laughs> I have, I've applied.
0: They've repeatedly said, sir, we're not real. But I feel like as someone who just went on the run about how the, uh, the, the bridge modules are modular, uh, I think that it's, uh, it's a little bit weird for you to then come at me like you're like, why are you asking me? <laughs> you already had a bunch of information that I never would but have thought. What a human I'm saying being is like,
1: I guess if they were like, we're not going to do that build. We don't want to build out a bridge that looks like the Enterprise A. A." It does look like the Enterprise A, though. It looks like the Star Trek
0: II bridge, even though they're just redressing the battle bridge, which is just a redress of the Enterprise A's bridge. But I think that is... I don't remember the specifics. I apologize. I didn't think we were going to get this far into it, which oh, was foolish ooh. on my side. It's so totally foolish. It was foolish. I, um, I thought of... it was going to be a little thing. I was going to drop along the way and go, "Hey, I did a little research," and I didn't think it was going to be pulled apart. There was something about a star, the Star Trek II bridge, and I don't remember if they used it or if they didn't. I think they did. Well, they redressed. They redressed that bridge. That becomes the battle bridge that we see in. Oh, encounter then, at far then maybe that it did look similar to the to the battle bridge the the one on the stargazer
1: right I'm just so confused now. this is the part of the podcast that I dislike the most because I now want to read everything about this and
0: then get back to you all but well, you we don't have just time pause
1: for that. it no it makes more work for me later.
0: I really can't that's a you gotta you gotta work that out
1: with whom me with,
0: with the engineer <laughs> me. <laughs> Um. Anyway, keep talking <laughs> Alright, well whatever the case I thought it was fascinating that they were that detail oriented um, Because generally speaking It seems like they have giant holes in these shows So that was pretty cool Whatever the case, the other thing I was going to say was It seems like if this is a constellation class And you can look this up too The Stargazer is almost as big As the Enterprise In the exterior shot and the Enterprise is a galaxy class that should be much larger, shouldn't it? Oh, it should be, you know, so much bigger. Which circles back to my original question. If they're abandoning ship, are there enough shuttlecrafts for them to... Aha! That was he me. did it! He that did was it! Me. He blew it! <laughs> <laughs> that, was a pop- that was a pop-up ad. He played a future... Oh, I thought it was a future effect. Um, basically, I'm asking you, mm-hmm. there aren't enough shuttlecraft to abandon ship on any prior starfleet starship are there? Uh, I assume they went into uh, they had escape pods. Well, he in this in this monologue says that it's they got on they were limping along in shuttlecraft for for a while.
1: Well, I don't know how many shuttle bays this thing had. It
0: looks like it has quite a few. I mean this
1: this could be the constellation glass could be a, a ship built for uh, you know, weird explorations. Like, if you look at the saucer set, I mean, it's essentially a saucer section with four warp nacelles. Uh-huh. That's what the ship looks like. And it does look like it has a, quite a number of shuttle bay doors around it. Mm-hmm. So it could be like... They have experts. Housing a fuck-ton of shuttles.
0: Right. Could it's be. a Star Cruiser. We,
1: you know what? Someone's going to write in and tell us all about it.
0: That'll be great. Um, the other question I have, and I think it's just a writing issue. Mm-hmm. They have this whole thing about the Helmsman uh What any good helmsman would do, and it's repeated, but he was the captain, so why does he say that's what any good helmsman would do i f- right, he was the commander, he was the captain of the ship, yes. yeah, but I think by trade Picard's a pilot,
1: I see he probably came up as a helmsman
0: ooh, that's fascinating, yeah. did he? I would think that he would have come up on uh something else I don't know some other side. Something more diplomatically but oriented. You think, now, but if you think of the helm people, people who
1: have operated the helm in the past, like Sulu, uh-huh. got command of the Excelsior. Uh-huh. Uh, Riker, uh-huh. used to be a helmsman. Right. Best pilot on the ship. Uh, again, I to assume Picard. You know, Geordi LaForge becomes a captain in a alternate 19 years in the future episode of Star Trek Voyager. Interesting. He's the captain of a galaxy class starship.
0: Uh, anyway, that must have been in the last season. I never saw the last season of Voyager. I don't remember what season it was in, but I don't George the Forge that. is there as a captain. No spoilers about the last season of Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyway, and then the um the other thing about the scene is uh he goes, hey, I'm getting quite caught up in this. Um, and this is the second episode mm-hmm. about eight episodes, and exactly eight episodes, as a matter of fact, um, where uh, Picard's mental faculties have been affected by some exterior force. It's also the second episode it's in actually which... third. It's the third episode out of eight. Naked Now. Right. The, what's the one where, his, where the energy being takes over his brain? Oh, the Lonely Among Us? Lonely Among Us. And then this one. <laughs> really hitting this hard. But I feel like really immediately
1: in this episode... Crusher should have relieved him of duty. Very the strange. Second, she you know, instead of being like apprehensive about like, ooh, do I say this in front of the captain who mm-hmm. I want to relieve of duty? No, you just fucking relieve
0: him of duty. Right. You do your duty and relieve him of duty. Right. Duty. Well, um this uh this leads me to um to a theory. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to play a theory
1: I'm used to theories.
0: Oh, this is I a new. I had no a,
1: idea that this was what this was. A
0: whole new one, Guys. and this one comes to us from Christopher Clement. Hope I'm pronouncing that right, Christopher. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a theory.
2: Enemies, theories. Theorism. theories. Make it so. Enemies, theories. Whoa. Understood, Captain. Enemies, theories. Make it so. Enemies, theories interested captain and these theories make it so
1: that's fantastic oh it's still going
2: more than interested fascinated one might
0: say a god make it so really really masterful work christopher yeah. <laughs> It delighted me no end. (laughs) That was great. It really was great. It also made me feel like, you know what? We may never be the best Star Trek podcast. Certainly not. (laughs) We may never crack the top 150 on iTunes podcast, as is my dream.
1: That's never happening.
0: But uh, I think we will always be the most ridiculous Star Trek podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is certainly sure. And our, our listeners are, are helping us get there. And the, You know what I've noticed in our numbers?
1: Yeah. I've been looking at it. And our numbers fluctuate based on what episode we're talking about. So I wonder if people are picking and choosing which episodes they want to listen to because they like or hate an episode.
0: Oh, very interesting. I agree. Um, so, Andy... Yes. I recently heard in the song that you might have a theory. I believe that Beverly Crusher has a learning disability. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she's really overcompensated. She's really over overachieved. In reaching her level, I mean, she's the chief medical officer on the
1: Federation flagship. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so really. What leads you to believe that this is the
0: case? I don't. I don't think she ever is on top of a problem when she should be. She's always like three steps behind any medical issue, and this is a perfect example of it. She in naked now. Yep. She already has McCoy's solution, and it takes her the whole episode to figure out a solution. Uh huh. Um and in this one, oh man, all this stuff about headaches, and so she just keeps giving him painkillers. She does keep <laughs> talking about
1: headaches.
0: It's very strange.
1: Um, um, that's your theory. Huh? That's my theory. Do it's you not have that a song for
0: that theory? Uh, I really should, but Any I also may have a learning. Disability. Come on. <laughs> Oh, now you're just going to torture me that's until I find zone. it. That's oh, the closing zone. Hang on. Oh, that's it? All right. Do oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I don't have it. All right. Hang on. Here we go. Hang on. Hang on. Hold oh, on. boy. This is the worst part of all podcasts. I think it's when Andy looks for things. Is it this one? We're just unprepared as people. No, it's not that one. He doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> is it this? <laughs> <laughs> Andy's no, it's not that. That's but a different one. That's a different one also from Stephen Rains. You have too many jingles. I do. I'm going to have to organize them with the information that Kevin that. Porter gave us that I happening. ignored. Um So he can feel <laughs> he can feel secure in the fact that that long conversation <laughs> pointed to nothing. That you dragged him along for. <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> um anyway, um my next thing is sixteen, seventeen. Where are you?
1: Well, I just—I wish I could. I wish I had written down the time code of the uh, of the headache discussion, the overwhelmingly annoying headache discussion. But head to your thing. Seventeen, mm. nineteen. You say? Yeah.
0: This is uh This is just. Uh, I got it. Okay.
2: We are forced to abandon our starship. May she find her way without us. Apparently she did, sir. How do you feel, Captain? Oh, I'm fine, Doctor. Lieutenant Yar, run a structural analysis on the Stargazer for an impulse tow. Data, download all computers to the Enterprise and file. I'm. I'm going to look at my old cabin.
1: Was that what you wanted to hear? Me? Yeah. Oh, was that sixteen, seventeen? It was seventeen, nineteen, and you agreed with me that that was the correct time. Well, I didn't agree with anything. Oh God, you all heard it. Did I? <laughs> Here we go. Here's what you wanted. I be. thought you were finding,
0: finding. Amazing. amazing. I want they 16... still work.
1: There you go.
2: The rest of the ship is clear of surprises, Lieutenant Yar.
3: You know what? I read about this ship at the academy. I never dreamed I'd ever be on her.
0: Uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's uh, Jordy being a mechaphile. <laughs> 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 he might as well have said, "I've never, I never that, dreamed I'd be uh, inside her." That, that's that's what it sounds like. That me. was the journey we just took I for you to fucking
1: say that. I didn't. Uh, that
0: I, didn't was I thought I was finding it. We were going to do it quick and then move on. I didn't know you were going go to go the wrong spectacularly worth
1: that all right thank you andy secunda jordy's microphone <laughs> i mean i think whenever an andy's theory uh, there's more evidence to it oh i gotta play another you theme should again? play a theme uh, not I, that theme not you know because we have so many themes, have themes now i think that maybe even if i'm repeating a theme I mean, even if i'm repeating no a i theory? don't want you to repeat yes i think that whenever you find evidence in later episodes for older theories oh it's
0: such a long road for every theme though. i
1: know i know well forget. not that that, that
0: road that i just took us on was any briefer. <laughs> i feel like this is the worst episode yet for us? <laughs> is, is that accurate? Oh, and, no, no, I take full responsibility It just for seems it. disjointed. Let's. But well, let me dive into the headache thing. All right. I thought that was what you were finding. Over by here. The by the
1: way, Captain Picard's quarters? I like them. What is wrong with me?
3: I wish to hell I knew, Captain. But Morning something disability. unusual has definitely been happening to you. But
2: the doctor's Something's always in the office. is always a revelation.
3: Why do captains always act like
4: they're immortal?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think these Ferengi mind orbs are? Like do they
0: (laughs) make them (sighs) they seem a little all purpose. Yeah. They control his actions. Yeah. they control, control his memory. His, yeah. yeah, it seems like it's too much. You and didn't also, tell like,
3: me it had been this bad. How do they
0: get?
1: How do they get into specifically Captain Picard's brain?
0: Well, mm-hmm. I assume by that, that, being in his quarters. Well, that that was an amplifier, which was another kind of bullshit thing. Because it, clearly they were like, "Well, how would how would our crew, when he's over there and he's out of his mind, know <laughs> about this thing or to tell him how to get out of it?" And I think they, so they just built a but secondary But I'm wondering if thing. they punch up like... However, if-, if that was the case, if you needed the amplifier, then how were they giving him headaches and, and messing with him before they had the amplifier on board the Enterprise? Well, I mean,
1: it's before, it's amplifying. So the headaches just must get worse. I see.
0: Maybe the headaches are
1: his brain trying not to be open to the patterns that are being sent. Like his brain's fighting it off and that's causing a headache situation. That seems reasonable. And, you know, because when he's letting it do its thing and he's, you know, remembering the fire that he couldn't put out because he was um, (laughs) non-union and things like that, he doesn't seem to be in pain at all. Uh He seems to just be going about his old business.
0: Right. And and frankly, a little, this is the part of the point I was going to make before, whenever his brain is being messed with. It's like they depart from the character, the Picard characterization entirely. It's not like, oh, it's a Picard we know, but he's under stress, or it's a Picard. It's like when he comes into that meeting after the quote, good night's sleep, he's like, yeah. Hello, everyone. It's just like he's so chipper. And it's just like he wouldn't be like that if he was himself. Um, All right, I have a thing. Uh, did you did you finish your point about What
1: that? do you think about the uh, oh here, a little more a little more headache stuff here. Okay. They go to sick bay, everybody. Sleep. Oh rather into the sports sorry. Those pillows don't look comfortable. Neither do the sheets.
0: Oh, here's another question I had. About sheets? Do Starfleet personnel sleep in their uniforms? No. She just, it would be too ir- irritating to have to get yeah. him undressed. I think, you know,
1: when you're sick, it's fun to sleep in your
0: clothes. I like to think that Picard wears a uh, an Ebenezer Scrooge like long gown and cap. Uh, you'll see his pajamas a few
1: times throughout the series, Andy. I hope you are looking forward to that. I am. And I just played a scene that has no dialogue, so it wasn't very helpful for anybody on board that. Uh, This podcast.
0: Well, it does point out... The Stargazer
1: is huge. It's massive. They just cut to another shot of the exterior with the Ferengi Marauder and the uh, Stargazer. And I got to say, I mean, it's big. It's the size of the Star Drive section, at least. It's weird, right? It's weird how big it is, yeah. Anyway, so after this uh, sleep situation, Picard then imagines himself on the bridge of his ship by sitting on a chair in the middle of his quarters and, and talking to uh Wait, where are you now? I'm at uh twenty nine thirty or so? What okay. do you want to play? You can...
0: I, I got something I got something before that. Where? It is at here. Here. Uh why am I not getting anything? <laughs>
1: You're not even plugged in. Oh, it's so broken. Your thing is broken. Oh, oh, you're not man. even in a headphone hole.
0: What? I am in the headphone hole.
1: Well, hit play again.
0: Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so this is after they find the confession. Yes. On the ship, mm-hmm. on the Stargazer, and uh, and uh, Data finds it.
3: ship, which Captain Picard attacked, had in fact been under a flag of truce what and apparently the captain destroyed the ship without notice or provocation impossible what about the fire aboard the stargazer an accident in engineering and what proof it is logged in his own voice sir
0: okay would you care to hear it sir would you care to hear it to prove that it is definitely picard and then in this next scene good act ender, though Great a confession
2: given by me, Jean Luc Picard, commanding USS Stargazer. What does this mean? I don't know, sir. It sounds like your voice. It is number one. But I refuse to believe you ever said that. I admit I must have mistaken the subspace antenna for a weapons cluster. Fortunately, I fired our main phases and our direct hits destroyed the unknown vessel. I've assumed they've simulated your voice somehow. I've already put data to work on it. Thank you, Will. I never made that log entry, of course. But it still leaves you with a duty
0: to perform. So in... I I just... (laughs) There's no... This... Is this... So you tell me. Is this a writing issue? Or is this... Is there some technology... Technological perspective that I don't understand? They hear his voice. And it's like... I don't know. I know it's the 24th century. But there's the proof. Couldn't have been faked. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think they're like, we have your log, your log entry is such, and until we can find evidence of otherwise, we're going to assume that this log entry is an accurate depiction of what happened. But there
0: has to be a wealth of evidence and witnesses in the Starfleet uh, logs that contradict this so well we don't know how how much uh
1: stuff damon bach has altered he could have altered all the sensor logs of the uh
0: of the stargazer well that may be true but that is never mentioned and in the later scene where uh where data uh uses technobabble i'll skip ahead to uh come upon a further realization about this Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. A log, I found checksum discrepancies, sir. What does that mean? All information is time-coded by entry, and the bits, when totaled, produce an aggregate amount which. I don't want a computer science lesson, Data. Bottom line, one of these two logs is a forgery, sir. Correction, the log just found aboard the
0: Stargazer is a forgery. As I said, that is one of them. Is it not? So. They're putting all their money on these logs, on these audio logs, and right. he's and he's saying, "Hey, basically the information he he discovers late in the show here is, hey, I've realized there's some discrepancies between these two logs. One of them must be a forgery, but we already know one of them must be a forgery because we know Picard isn't that kind of guy who would uh, lie. And do, do they though? I mean, they." It could have been any
1: situation that happened Who knows Why why Picard's saying what he's saying
0: Well But they're dealing with the Ferengi So like as Geordi says They know it's They're messing with something So why is this such big information And why are the audio logs in the 24th century The ultimate proof It feels like that would be the easiest thing to fake Listen to that guy who wrote the Andy's Theory song. He made Patrick Stewart sing about me and my theories. It can be done now. Well. See how how uh, excited I am? And yet I'm not echoing. It was The Room.
1: FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, w- I do wish, one wish I do have for the... Uh, Stargazer crew I wish they were in the old red uniforms the movies TNG the next the original series movie era movies oh uniforms. that would be
0: nice when did they switch
1: over because has your friend said that as uh, John told us they seemed to that? have switched over not very long before the um next gen started like
0: seems to be like maybe a decade before oh yeah well this would have been well this was nine years before I know I will say one interesting little side note is when Picard is on that – in the scene with the ghosts, and I wondered if this was a production issue, Mm -hmm. is uh, you can pay – like many people are hired as background. Yeah, because they don't speak. Even if they're sort of central on camera, if they don't Uh speak. And the people um, on the stargaze are the ghosts. Um, you hear their voices, but you they never move their mouths. And I wondered if it was because they wanted to only pay them as background and pay some other voice actors less. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> um, but it works as an effect. Just a little side issue. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, you know,
1: all that's happening throughout this episode is Picard's brain is getting more and more compromised. And he's having trouble functioning as the captain of the ship. We've gone over the log entry thing, but let's 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 hear jaunty Picard enter, shall we?
4: Okay.
3: What report on the logs? Yes, sir. Whoever tampered with your personal log was clever, but a bit clumsy. It's definitely a fabrication, sir. Number 1. I'd like you to take a look at this brain scan, Griff. What are you doing here?
2: I thought I was captain of this starship side note of
3: course you are but I thank
0: you for the confirmation doctor but now what's your side note Beverly didn't notice a person in the room
2: (laughs) (laughs) except for Riker I would uh, like you all to return to your stations is that clear sir you too doctor I have business with the commander
3: under protest sir
1: Instead of saying to her, to to Will Riker there, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of uh, weird things happening with his brain. You know, Mm -hmm. the captain's brain Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Instead, she says, under protest, and walks out of the fucking office. Instead of being able to solve the problem. Sure.
0: (sighs) Learning disability. It's
1: really, we should be patting her on the back. It's pretty
0: amazing she's gotten to the place she has.
1: Well, I mean, what about so who really solves the problem here I'll tell you who really solves the problem here Wesley Crusher and here's him solving the problem
4: but intermixed with other thoughts
3: which are also his I'm busy at the moment the Wesley. vague leading the vague know, Mom, that's what
1: this I call is important. that previous scene well mm-hmm. I went back to the main Fair. sensors
0: in engineering to try some
1: more sensitivity experiments
4: does this have something to do with Captain Picard
1: yes ma'am
2: if this is what you're talking about here I don't know much about brain scans, but I glanced at these when you were studying them, and I noticed that these patterns are the same as
1: those picked up from the low-intensity transmissions from the Ferengi ship. I went back and checked,
2: and they're exactly the same.
4: What kind of transmissions?
2: I don't know. Engineering has nothing like it on record.
3: Let's get to the captain. Now they might be affecting the captain to Riker.
1: Or you could
0: relieve the captain of duty. It's true. Well, I have a theory that. Uh, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> that may explain a lot of what's going on here. Yeah, whoa, whoa, oh wait, whoa, whoa. can you play this? Play the rest
1: of that scene, by the sure. way. Sure. Oh God, yes. All right, here we go.
0: You're welcome, ladies. Adults. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and
1: oh. are very interesting because you guys heard Your thing
0: down. Too loud. Should I do that again? No, I'm not going to change it. Okay. I, I accept that a lot of the problems in this podcast uh, are mine, but he does have the power to repair them, and he is choosing not to. So. I Listen,
1: we record this, for those at home who wonder, uh, we record this on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then I immediately leave here and then go record Matt and Dory's excellent Adventure with my wife, and i got to be honest, only one of those is paying the bills, and uh, it's not this one, so one gets a little more <laughs> attention... Than the other. So if anybody wants to help this one pay the bills, maybe you could get a uh, Matt to edit. <laughs> and by pay the bills, I mean keeps my wife happy, so that she continues to pay the bills. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, this is basically just on your request that I that I re- replay a theme every time we every time we uh, I, I call back to it. This
1: I, I was gonna play the scene where Riker weirdly asks why she isn't at her station. I just think it's a strange. Beverly? Yeah. Sure.
4: The captain, commander.
3: Resting in his quarters after ordering both of you to return to your duty stations.
2: There have been some... Did he say low intensity? Mm. Some unusual low intensity transmissions from the Ferengi vessel.
3: Did who say? My son. Transmissions which exactly match certain anomalies found in the captain's brain scans.
1: What a weird way to unpack that as a writer. Very. Very. So we're gonna send them up, and we have to make sure that Wesley gets credit. So, As usual,
0: Deanna Troy also is like just just like a barnacle on the side of the action yeah. of the show. I'll I'll be I'll just walk along with you. Well,
1: I mean, she is the hero of Lonely Among Us when she senses that Captain Picard is still out there somewhere. It's true, um, but it, it is it is such a weird thing to I just can't imagine. Typing onto a typewriter or a word processor at the time. Uh, did he, there have been some Toot crusher? Did he say low intensity crusher? Yes, Troy. There have been some low intensity scans coming from the. I just right. find uh, that totally unnecessary. That, like, what we call in the business couplet. Yeah, it just doesn't mean anything. All, all we need out of that is for. Troy could say there've been some there've been some low intensity uh, signals coming from the Ferengi ship. Then Crusher would say, "My son noticed them while
0: he was looking at sensor logs." And since you're picking it apart, the, even the conversation with Riker is, is 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 unnecessary because I think there would be. I think if you were to write. Um, totally military style interactions it probably would be a little dry so you would have to pick your moments where they're not acting completely by the by the book they're acting like human beings but this is an unnecessary moment of that. Like, wouldn't he assume if these two senior officers on the, on the ship are coming to him that there is something important, and yeah. he wouldn't go, "Hey, why are you guys here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my theory, which we didn't get to, which supports exactly what we just listened to—separate theory. Yeah. Well, I didn't have I didn't have a theory. I never said my theory. I just played the theme. Oh, that was a new that but I thought that theme, don't worry, continue. The theme uh, the the theory was uh, building on that uh my previous theory that Wesley Crusher is uh, is actually a g- brilliant psychopath. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um he comes in, the the captain is in distress, there's something going on, his mother's incredibly worked up about it. He tells the lady some information that as usual, he's the one that has dug out and chosen what to say and when. And he leaves and he smiles to himself, kind of cockily. adults (laughs) and this goes along with my new theory that Beverly Crusher has a learning disability and who knows what other issues in terms of perception and observation I think the reason that Beverly got to this high level is because Wesley has engineered the entire thing so that he could get on a galaxy class starship and work his evil plan which I'm assuming will slowly be revealed over the course of this series he is using Beverly as his pawn (laughs) It's a great theory.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's a great theory.
0: Um, So, yeah, let's... Oh, I didn't fix it. You
1: did turn it down a little bit, and then I'll turn this up. You're good. Go ahead.
4: Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really
3: smart. Anyway. Something over there is affecting the captain's thought patterns. Computer, give me a location on Captain Picard. Captain Picard is in transporter room three. What? Computer, emergency order to transporter room three. New information: Captain Picard is no longer aboard the Enterprise.
0: Act break. Side note: um, Majel Barrett, Majel Barrett, Majel Barrett did the prior voices, but that's not her anymore, right? That is not her in that particular instance
1: which is weird interesting i don't know if they really settled on her until later in the season
0: oh oh it's later oh okay
1: she's the i mean she's the voice of the computer she was
0: the voice of the computer prior to that though right
1: in the original series well cause... not in the original series yes yes she is the voice of the computer in the original series she is yes
0: that's weird she was on the ship
1: i know but she's the voice of the computer in the original series the, That's uh, double-dipping, in my opinion, Majel. I also heard that they might have gotten her to record a fuck-ton. Like I think they got her to record the f- uh, phonic alphabet.
0: That was Matt's.
1: That was my... I got an email from Petco. Uh, <laughs> I think they might have, before she passed, got her to record the phonic alphabet so that they can build her voice Cool to continue using her as the ship's computer. Neat. I either read that, dreamed that, or was told that
0: by someone who was wrong. How many... Millions of dollars will some corporation make off of that phonetic alphabet over time. Uh, that probably would belong to CBS somehow. I wonder if the family will get residuals. Hmm. Great question. Um. A side issue. Uh, I believe, and I'm probably wrong on this. This is the first time I saw a lady walk by in the background in an old school uh, original series miniskirt, which I which I thought was delightful. I love those miniskirts, even though they were. Kind of absurd to be on a military ship, um, but
1: Troy wears one in Encounter at Farpoint. Fair enough. And but uh, is that
0: Starfleet?
1: Uh, uni- the Encounter at Farpoint uniform is a Starfleet uniform. It is Starfleet. Men and wear men wear, wear, them wear those well. the this, this yeah.
0: skirts, which are amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really want to know. Just being fair, what uh, what the decision process was in the costume department?
1: It was probably like, shit. Let's do those little skirts. Yeah, it's so sexist. Let's throw a man in it too. All, yeah,
0: right. all right. Well, I can't dispute that.
1: Um uh, Do you want to do you have anything else? You already on this I mean, do you have chrono- no, chronology? Do you have anything else in this episode?
0: My next thing is 38. Um and it and I don't even know that we need to hear it. It's just Riker contacting Mazaago and um and I think uh, I really like that plot choice. I feel like, first of
1: all... The plot choice of like, hey, you're first officer. First officer, first officer, let's figure this out.
0: Yeah, he has no recourse. He can't go above P- Picard's head and contact the captain. And also, the captain is clearly the one with the problem. He senses, based on their first discussion, where they're asking... Um, what's the main guy's name? The main... Damon Bach. Game? Bach. Uh... Him about, uh, well, what about profit? And, um, and, uh, so he knows something's amiss. And, uh, I, I just really like that. I think it's clever. This is really the first instance we get of the Ferengi
1: really focusing on profit.
0: Really? they That's not their deal in the, in the prior episode?
1: Do you, I don't remember. Oh, the, they're, they're all graspy with the, with the uh, combat. Yeah, they really want the gold. It's gold. But this is where we learn that they have a free market
0: economy. Uh huh. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Um, But the profit thing really does help structure the Ferengi culture, and and it kind of it's logical. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, we're not supposed to be rooting for them, but I understand what. Well, at least it it gives their it gives them
1: a purpose, right? uh, As opposed to just being jumping around and
0: hissing. Sure.
1: Which is no purpose whatsoever.
0: And then my next thing after that is thirty-nine forty-seven. No, mm. oh, but I already commented on that. That's the ghosts not talking because they didn't—they didn't want to give them a day. Right? Do you want to hear data solve a problem of how to fix the Picard maneuver up? Please.
2: So note that Damon Bach no longer commands this vessel. His first officer has confined him for engaging in this unprofitable adventure. Good luck, First Officer Riker.
3: I have computed a possibility, Commander. Since even deep space contains trace gases, a vessel in the Picard maneuver might seem to disappear, but our sensors could locate any sudden compression of those gases. And use it as an aiming point to blow our captain to bits? This class starship has enough power to use our tractor beam on it, sir. Seize it. Limit its field of fire. Right. Concentrate shields at that point. Make it so. I hope you're
1: right, Data. No question of it, sir.
0: Riker is so
1: pissy to so many people I on don't this understand ship. this solving for the Picard Maneuver. Mm-hmm. Let me just explain the following. Okay. Picard Maneuver, they fire at the previous position. That's what happens to the Ferengi ship. They fire at the previous position where the ship was, mm-hmm. not the new position when they see two ships. Okay. The Enterprise crew now is aware of the Picard maneuver, is expecting the Picard maneuver. I don't understand why they just can't, like, by knowing that the ship is... I just don't understand
0: what, what they're doing. I'm not,
1: I'm not following what they're doing.
0: What what data, what data is doing is. So data I, I believe it's something about the sense sensing gases. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. And put a tractor beam there, right, to focus the phaser fire to a part of the shield where they could increase the power.
0: Well, a further question I have, which is bears out in the next moment uh that's built up of like shoot the thing, shoot the, the orb, shoot the orb. Is um and there's all this tension of oh god, he's got to shoot the orb is wouldn't this Constitution class starship, even if it unloaded all of its guns at the galaxy, oh, sorry, constellation class starship, even if it unloaded all its guns at the galaxy class starship, wouldn't that not, you know, they could, it could take it? No, I think it still has a, a, a
1: decent complement of photon and no torpedoes. T- no, tor- no photon torpedoes. No, it had six less than it started with, right? Oh, I see. I see. Um, so it just has it I mean, has photon torpedoes. It just doesn't have as many. I mean, if it's, I think a point blank in a firing match if and their goal is not to the enterprise isn't going to fire back to kill captain Picard. So what they're looking at right now is absorbing full on barrage from a ship that was in service nine years ago. Mm -hmm. This is not like, uh, this is not a constitution class ship or an, like an 80 year old ship. This is something that was in service just nine years ago. Um, and was never recovered for some unknown reason, I guess just for the plot of this episode. Um, so, well, it was on fire. Everybody was afraid on go- about going right. Right, it was on fire because their we, fire
0: crew wasn't there. Should we retrieve that? No, it's on fire still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't understand, though. If any part of it opens up to the space, no. then it would go out no, immediately. No, it's
0: inside. The fire is inside the ship, and there's an endless supply of oxygen. <laughs> well, there isn't an endless... I'm s- we sorry, also just- have all those Duraflames. <clears throat> those oh, are the things that are keeping in the supplies. That's right. We
1: were supposed to be delivering those Duraflames to Starbase 21.
0: The Duraflame supply ship
1: Uh, This podcast brought to you by Duraflame I wish
3: (laughs) Stand by
2: Lock on tractor beam Ready phasers Captain Picard Listen, Bego is that you
3: Commander Riker, sir Captain, hear me Look around The Ferengi are using their thought devices
2: on you Stand by Who is this? Their thought Riker, devices That
1: implies that the Look Ferengi have a multiple sphere. Thought devices <laughs> Will they with inside. your phaser. 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 I have a phaser. Sphere. I recently <laughs> remember that I beamed down with a phaser. Buck used it. Bach, Destroy it. back. Phaser. I'll just, ph- ph- I'll just shoot this with the phaser, right? Destroy right? the right? sphere. Destroy the phaser? I mean, I'm firing into fire. Destroy right now. Well, let's make more fire. I'm
4: disoriented.
1: A uh, lot of drama for whether or not he'll destroy that sphere, which has no real bearing on the safety of anybody, because they figured out how to. It's a little
0: bit of uh, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, dramatically certainly that I'm that I became aware of. I mean, really, what's happening that. is that his headache's going away. So let's all feel good about that. It's pretty dramatic,
1: sir. It's I know your it's number dramatic. one, Riker. <laughs> sir, there, there is headaches. Tylenol to your
0: left. <laughs> First, destroy the sphere. Get then, the spear. Okay. Okay. Baby also, aspirin. They can't, they can't beam in because the shields are up,
1: right? Which is not entirely true because if they know the frequency of the shields that are. Because it's Starfleet. 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 They could beam through the shields. Mm. Or, or the. It would have been a problem solver. Or like, the Star Trek 2 trick. Uh, the uh, command code. Coming in the command code. Sure. And yeah. lowering the shields.
0: Yeah. Fire. So great. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a cheat, but I guess when we cover the uh... our shields are down, raise them. That's great. <laughs> it's great, great movie. Um, Matt, that's me. Uh, oh, I just want to play one more little. Oh thing. please, that's, by all uh, means. That's not a critique. It's not a comment. I just thought it was a nice little moment at the end of the episode. It's equipment.
2: Personal vengeance. Seems there was no profit in it. In revenge, there never is. Let the dead rest, and the past remain the past. Enterprise, lock on. Beam me home, Riker.
0: i like the drum carrying the giant constellation put us off into the distance um i just liked to be me home riker that was nice nice touch um matthew yes sir do you know uh what time it is peanut butter jelly time uh no
4: we sit and watch and then we hang
0: and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? <laughs> uh, so um, I have uh, – we've, we've been in a, in a strange dispute because usually – this is what I think the pattern usually is. I do an endless amount of complaining and bitching. Yep. You were on board for many of the complaints, if not most of them. Yep. Um, but you always are sort of defending – uh star trek and then at the end as i have to we are either equal or you are lower (laughs) sure sure. yeah i don't know what that says about us as personalities but i give this uh episode i thought the teaser was a good teaser Mm -hmm. i thought every act in had tension Mm -hmm. it held me engaged i thought the antagonist was
1: clear oh boy i am worried about what's happening right now
0: um and um and uh, other than like what you're saying that that <laughs> other than the audio thing and Beverly's confusion, which I've explained with a the theory, and um and the the weird non dramatic uh dramatic thing at the end, I like the ghosts. I like I just I, I like a lot of this episode, and it seems like it's relatively coherent in comparison to what we've seen. True, I give this episode six Andes, six
1: Andes. That's correct.
0: That's so many Andes. It sure is. I
1: gave it five Andes. <laughs> you just did that to mess with me. <laughs> uh, I give it five, Andy's, because of Star Trek: Next Generation quality. This is right smack in the middle. Uh huh. So,
0: well, I don't I, don't, I don't have that that foresight to know. So.
1: I do have the John Forsyth
0: to know. <laughs> now, what uh, what's going on? I don't know. You tell me.
1: Well it's the MVC, it's yeah, with really one
3: MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data Riker? Patrol your doctor, plus your dad fill the
4: time with something, at least until season three <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was spectacular. We've heard that before. Um, I for me it's hands down. It's it's Riker. He has the the clever move with the whoa. Uh, with, with he has the clever move with contacting the first officer. He um he he's one who figures out about the the globes. He um, you're so wrong right now. I've never heard you more wrong when naming an MVC. Well, you've only had seven opportunities to hear. Me. Well, that's true. We've only so far disagreed once. All right. Who throw give it give it to me? Who who's your who's your
1: Wesley Crusher? Wesley Crusher discovers the whole plan.
0: Adults. Well, I guess I don't give him credit because uh it's part of his larger plan to destroy all of them. So. Alright, well, if you take his larger plan to destroy all of them out of it, that is is his realization uh what leads to riker contacting because
1: because if the if they don't locate picard find out he's in transporter room three then beams over riker just goes through his day assuming that picard's asleep Uh and while he's asleep the stargazer drops into warp pops right in front of the enterprise
0: and blows it out of the water I agree with you that that is an important moment. Uh, but I also feel like uh, Riker is the one that handles the situation. And uh, he's already gained information. I know that you're saying this. Uh-huh. But this
1: is exactly why the
0: MVC every week is not Captain Picard. Well, I don't believe that Riker is... I, I feel like we we should give it to Captain Picard. Occasionally when, it is, when, it's, when it's earned? When it's Captain Picard's... Um, decisions and choices and thought processes that that lead to the the ship being saved Mm -hmm. and so i guess from my perspective it's Riker. that's interesting i gotta tell you
1: it's wesley crusher
0: i think there's an argument for that i'm sorry to the guy who has to split his excel sheet cells if it makes you feel any better i was almost going to give this episode 6.5 so i uh, almost gave it 4.5 do can we do that in the future i don't know is it someone whoever whoever is the good hearted soul that is making up Excel sheets for us? Please let us know if that's going to mess you up. <laughs>
1: it's a great question.
0: Um, yeah, so I think I it's Wesley. I think it's not, right? I think it's Wesley. I don't know, ma- the way I math think it's Wesley. works, they just well, put a different. All right, so, so far we're giving saying. whole numbers, so we'll right. just leave it whole. Okay. I think there's an argument for it being Wesley, except that Wesley uh, wants them all dead. <laughs> For the Clearly. purposes the of? And is using his mother, his dim-witted mother, as a pawn. His poor mom. In fairness, I don't know if she's dimwitted, And my theory is that she she has a, a learning disability. <laughs> it's not, not the same thing. Uh, Are you looking for something? He's making making like he's looking for something.
1: I'm looking like I'm looking for something,
0: but I'm not. He's, he's just looking at his...
1: I was scrolling like, through the emails. I was scrolling no, I was scrolling through the <laughs> clips from this episode and okay. I was just checking to see if there's anything we missed and it turns out we didn't.
0: No, it's a pretty it's a pretty tight episode. How long are we at?
1: Oh, too long. I think we should probably end the podcast. You think
0: so? Well, I think
1: we've given them so much entertainment that certainly <laughs> let them listen to a lot of chaos. Well, I think it's important <laughs> to like lift the uh curtain. Let them look behind
0: the oh, scenes they're getting here. A or... Deep look
1: backstage and see what's there. happening.
0: And they're seeing all the way to the catering in the green room on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, someone was saying, although I think there's a problem because you haven't refreshed. But someone was saying they would like you, which I think you've done before. Say whether you want you think they should watch the next show, but you're doing it without the benefit of a fresh watch. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, the next show, uh,
1: however, the next show is True Q. Um, which I remember a bit better. I've seen it a bit more recently uh, than the others. And uh, should you watch True Q? Yeah, I'm all for every episode with Q in it. I'm a big fan. I love all of his visits to each of the franchises. Where's I find him? Obnoxious and purposeless. Did you not enjoy him in Star Trek Voyager?
0: uh no i mean i like that there was a thing between him and he was he was irritating jane way because he was in love with her but mm-hmm. uh so that was cute but uh generally speaking i felt kind of the same <laughs> He's just kind of he's obnoxious and it's like wow what why are you so great what how are you helping the show
1: great question well andy it's been a real week, guys. Sure if you has. want to write to us, you can do that. Uh, you can email us at uh, an address that Andy knows.
0: Ha, ha. You're make it it's talking all authoritative,ly and now watch me mangle it. Uh, sttncpod at gmail.com. or you can tweet us at Star Trek TNC, um, and then I'm going to get an Instagram thing up in the near future. I don't think don't, you're actually going to do your that. <laughs> but uh, Maybe we'll get somebody who wants to do our menial tasks. Eh, I doubt it. (laughs) 4-0. That was too loud of a transport. Right, I think something went... Goodbye! (laughs) Disengage!
1: Forgot my keys.